Welcome to the Amazing Relationships Podcast with Kim Wilson, a space designed to help you create amazing relationships with yourself and others. Get ready to experience hope, love, and inspiration. Here's your host, Kim Wilson. Greetings. I'm Kim Wilson, your relationship expert. Thank you for joining me. Many people just finished celebrating Mother's Day. While some people were out there buying flowers and cars and feasting at restaurants, believe it or not, there were some people who walked around with a sense of dread in their hearts because of not having a loving and healthy relationship with their mother. Several factors get in the way of having a healthy mother-daughter relationship. And that's what we're unpacking today. Some of those patterns and behaviors that causes challenges in the mother-daughter bond. So I like to get right to it. Behavior number one. When a mother is emotionally unavailable to her daughter, that gets in the way of a healthy bond. And that pattern may have started in childhood the mother not being responsive responsive to the child's outcry of their emotional needs like attention and love and acceptance or even physical contact, hugging and rubbing on the back and kissing the cheek. And all of that brings comfort. It is a form of affirmation and validating as well. It is another way that we communicate love and sometimes when that is not present in childhood and that behavior carries on over into adolescence and adulthood, it can cause the daughter not to feel connected to her mother. It can cause her to feel unloved or unwanted because when she looks into the world and she pays attention to how other mothers may love on their daughters, she may create a message in her head, wait a minute, My mother does not respond to me like that. She doesn't tell me that she loves me. She doesn't give me hugs. So she may not love me. And part of that may be, too, the mother may not love herself. So she may not know how to show love to her daughter. Or she may not have felt love from her mother. Her mother may have been emotionally unavailable to her. And that behavior continues But the powerful thing about all of that is understanding and having that awareness. So if you have a daughter, you don't continue that same behavior and pattern with your daughter because you think about how it made you feel. And when a a daughter grows up without that emotional availability of the mother, sometimes it can lead to her being needy, clingy, or desperate for attention in relationships. So she may not always do a great job of choosing her mate, or she may find herself being emotionally unavailable in her relationships, not only in romantic relationships, but in her friendships as well, because it wasn't modeled for her properly. I can remember being a little girl and falling and I may have scraped my knee and my mother said, oh, let me kiss it. You want mommy to kiss it? And and as soon as she put her little lips on it, it's like my crying just slowed up. <laughs> yeah, it feels better. Of course, the kiss did not have an antibi- antibiotic or anything like that. But 
what soothed all of that, that pain of the scraped knee was her love and her attention. So, and just her being emotionally available to my needs and it made, it made a difference. The second behavior that gets in the way of a mother-daughter bond is if a mother is aggressive. And what falls under the caption of aggression is being controlling, manipulative, dismissive, combative, or just plain mean. And when I say mean, just your tone of voice. You walk into the house and we start barking orders, shooting out criticisms, and it just feels mean. And people are walking on eggshells. And when we carry that behavior into adolescence, we carry that behavior into adulthood, that can have, um, that can impact that daughter's relationship with friends, her partner, her husband, her professional workplace, because she may be a reflection or a reaction to, uh, well, we're all reflections or reactions to our parents. But specifically in this particular lane, she can come off as mean, as aggressive and controlling because she spent so much time being controlled by somebody else. And she has learned that behavior where she wants to control everybody and everything. And that can be very tough on relationships, especially romantic relationships, because it has to have a balance. Who wants to be controlled as an adult or want somebody barking orders or criticizing them? Because the deeper message under all of that is nothing is ever good enough. When somebody is mean and constantly criticizing, it makes you feel like, okay, this is not right. She's always going to find something wrong with it. There's going to be a fault. And that certainly can lead to feelings of inadequacy, just feeling inadequate. And another way of saying that, what you're doing is not good enough. And and if you're not mindful and aware of that, you can carry that same behavior to your daughters. And it creates a poor relationship between the mother and the daughter. Awareness is a is a tool. Just being self-aware of how you show up in your mother-daughter relationship. A third behavior is enmeshment. Now, being enmeshed is no boundaries. And this usually happens very early on when the mother and daughter are saying, oh, we're best friends. And usually the mother is starting that conversation. Here's the thing. You cannot, I say this all the time, you cannot be best friends with children. If you are a 30-year-old adult, adult, I don't see how you can be uh, be the best friend of a seven-year-old. Anytime you can take their keys, send them to, send them to bed, and put them on punishment, I just don't know how you can be best friends. The power dynamic is just, is just too, it's too different. It's just, I, I just can't see that. Of course, when the daughter becomes an adult and you're standing shoulder to shoulder as an adult, yes, I think the mother and daughter can be best friends. But in childhood, no. And what that leads to sometimes is the mother being too involved in the daughter's life, making decisions alongside her well into her adulthood and that sometimes leads to her feeling like she can't make decisions without her mother she doesn't trust her decision making process because her mother has always been attached to that decision making process and that certainly can create a problem in 
romantic relationships and marriages as well because it puts a third voice in that marriage. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> when you marry, that there's, you know, when that third voice shows up, it can create problems because that that situation is set up for two. It was two at that altar. And if you have children, two created that child, not three, okay? <laughs> so just usually just being enmeshed. And, and even when a daughter wants to separate, it can be difficult because it can come along with some guilt because she's always included her mother and it can start to feel like she's excluding the mother. So even though on the outside, it looks like a positive relationship, What's unhealthy about it is it has caused a daughter to doubt who she is, to doubt her decision-making process. And there's nothing, nothing healthy about that because it tampers with the confidence level of the daughter. So that's the problem with enmeshment. Moving on to behavior number four. If a mother is inconsistent or unreliable, she doesn't tell the truth all the time. She doesn't say what she means and means what she say. If she say that she's going to be there and she's not there and that history started in childhood. So say, for instance, the, um, the mother may have had hard times and she wasn't able to raise the daughter and the daughter may have been left with a grandmother, an auntie or another family member or the daughter may have ended up in the foster care system. And that certainly can create some inconsistent feelings inside of that mother, mother-daughter relationship because it feels like I, I can't trust you to be there for me. I missed four years and you were not there. Can you imagine? Okay, let's just take a step back here. Have you ever lost something very important, like you misplaced your keys or something? And you're like, oh my gosh, where are my keys? Or even a piece of paper that you're looking for and how frustrating it felt. It felt frustrating when you could not find your keys. Can you imagine how frustrating and confusing when you could not find your mother? You looked, you looked at that door every single day and it's like, where is she? Or, you know, you thought she was supposed to show up at your cheerleading practice, your basketball game. And day after day, month after month, year after year, there you were looking for your mother and she never showed up. That creates that inconsistency and being unreliable. So you move on into adulthood and if it still exists... She's saying that she's coming over for Thanksgiving dinner and she doesn't show up because she found something better to do or she decided to go to work. That can feel like another inconsistency because you're saying that you want to rebuild and repair this relationship with me, but you're still not here like you said that you were going to be. And that can create a challenge in the mother-daughter relationship. The last behavior, and of course there are others, so we just I'm hanging out with a few here. So last one is resentment. Sometimes if there is an unwanted pregnancy, it can cause resentment in the mother-daughter relationship because there's this story in the mother's head, I never wanted to be pregnant. And that child can actually feel those feelings inside of the wound. You know, it can create that feeling of rejection and feeling unloved and unwanted. And there is some research out there that proves that children 
can start to experience emotion inside of the wound before they even hit, you know, the earth. They can feel the stress that goes on with parents. So, of course, there are some hormones in the body that's designed to balance out all of that. But if it's in excess, it's too much. It's, it's The depression is in excess. The anger is in excess. It certainly can impact the baby. So there is a book that I am reading and I have talked about it before. I'm actually holding a live book reading on May 18th. So stay tuned for those details at the end of the podcast. But I want to read something to you here. And the book is called Feelings Buried Alive Never Die by Carol Truman. There is the possibility of resentment when mother finds herself pregnant, which could cause the baby to feel unloved, not wanted, or rejected. The unborn child appears to distinguish very clearly between different types of maternal stress. He is affected most strongly by the mother's negative or ambivalent attitude toward the pregnancy and also by a stressful relationship between the mother and her partner or by a habitual high level of anxiety and fear. As Dr. Vermi puts it, if loving, nurturing mothers bear more self-confident, secure, ch- secure children, it is because the self-aware eye of each infant is carved out of warmth and love. Similarly, if unhappy, depressed, or ambivalent mothers bear a higher rate of neurotic children, it is because their offspring egos were molded in the moments of dread and anguish. Not surprisingly, without redirection, such children often grow into suspicious, anxious, and emotional, emotionally fragile adults. So, of course, we can take that conversation in different ways. But the point is just to show that some of the challenges can start in utero before the child is even born when it is inside of his or her mother's womb. So just being mindful so being mindful of that. I also read a story um, about a woman who n- always had an issue with completing something. She could never complete anything. Her relationships, projects, she always felt incomplete. So when she went to counseling, she discovered that part of that pattern and that history started when she before she was born she was premature so she was taken two two months early and the counselor helped her to discover that part of that narrative was became sealed in her flesh before she was even born that she doesn't complete anything because she did not even complete the full gestation cycle but in order to change those patterns, just even understanding and knowing that because nobody ever told her that. And that gave her the power to push towards completing things and relationships and projects. But she never understood why. So sometimes just understanding the why can be very instrumental and helpful in us moving onward from negative behaviors and patterns that do not serve us well being emotionally unavailable aggressive or enmeshed inconsistent that does not serve us well it doesn't serve us well in the relationship with ourselves our daughters or anybody else 
So just having that. And the other part of resentment too, we're, we're on the fifth behavior. Sometimes a mother can feel resentful if she feels like the daughter messed up her body because she was used to having this really wonderful shape and she could never get back to the shape that she was after the daughter. So she feels some resentment towards that. But the way that we heal all of those negative behaviors and we move on from it is to have a honest conversation about it. Sometimes sometimes just opening up that dialogue with our mothers and saying, you know what, ever since I was a little girl, I felt this way. Or can you help me to understand? Because sometimes part of that is just understanding and knowing the story of your mother who she was when she carried you in the womb for nine months, what she went through, what she felt like. So even though, even if you felt unwanted, unloved, or rejected, there's a possibility when your mother carried you, she felt unloved and rejected by others, especially if she was a teenage mother, if she was a mother who was not married, because people do judge if you have children as a, as a teen. People judge if you have children and are not married people judge if you have a child by a different father and you've already had one so people judge that and the mother's response to that may have been shame so can you imagine just walking around feeling ashamed for nine months and you're sitting inside of that and that certainly can I feel that emotion can cross the placenta and carry on inside of the baby so just being able to talk through that and affirming and validating your daughter and let her know that she is loved, she is wanted, and she is accepted. You know you know more now than you did back then. Back then, you didn't even know that you were good enough. You didn't know that you were deserving. And you were asking yourself questions like, why me? Why did you choose me? What, what made me so special to carry a, a child? The fact of the, mother, the matter is, you were chosen and you were special enough to carry a child. And every day that you wake up with the heartbeat, it gives you the power to love that child on a, on a bigger and higher level. Being consistent. When we're consistent, it builds trust, consistency. And trust is the bedrock of any relationship. And that's how we get to the business of building, repairing, and maintaining mother-daughter relationships. I want to trust that you're going to be there for me. I want to trust that you're going to love me. I want to trust that you are going to not say, make statements that leads to me feeling like I'm not good enough. That leads to me feeling like I was a mistake. I'm in your way. So just being mindful and aware of how we show up in the conversation with our daughter and just making every effort to make it better. And I've heard some people say, well, you know, Kim, I've tried all of that. Every time I try, I feel like she's still, she's angry with me. It's like there's nothing I can do. My thought is this, whatever it takes, how long it takes, month after month, year after year, you know, so sometimes... She may not answer your phone call, but you can send a text. You can send a letter. I just want you to know I'm here. Just being consistent with your message of I'm here. So if she doesn't answer the phone call for three months, and if you throw up your hands and say, oh, you know what? There's no use. What that does is it affirms the story that she already has in her head. She doesn't really care because in her mind, 
if you cared, it would take, you will do whatever it takes and how long it takes. And that's part of that being consistent. And remember that consistency, it builds trust, respect. Here's another one, acceptance. Accepting that you cannot change the past, but you certainly have the power to do some things differently in the future. And that's where your power is. So acceptance is a tool that you get to use. And if the daughter or the mother is open to it, you can always do counseling. Just having somebody to facilitate that conversation and offer a perspective in a way that you never, that you may not have thought of. Think about the story I told earlier about the daughter who had a very difficult time completing anything. And after going to counseling, she realized that part of that was that story of completion, incompletion started when she was in her mother's womb by being when she was born premature two months early. And you can always use books too. And I I recommend this book, Feelings Buried Alive Never Die, because if you felt unloved, unwanted, or rejected in childhood, and you find yourself, you're 30 or 40 something years old right now, and you're still thinking about some stuff from when you were seven, that means that those feelings, they were buried alive. They did not die because they are still creating messages and emotions inside of your head and your heart. So just remember, little steps lead to big steps. Well, that's my time. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. You could have been anywhere in this world, but you chose to hang out with me. Coming up on this Saturday, May 18th, I'm doing a live webinar and it's called Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. And we're talking about how unresolved feelings impact us and our relationships. So it is going to be from 2 to 3.30. It doesn't matter if you've read the book. It doesn't matter if you have the book in your hand because I'm going to read a passage and we're going to start a discussion. You'll get to ask questions. You'll get to make comments. It's going to be powerful and it's going to be amazing. Be sure to go to my website to register www.kimwilsonspeaks.com and I'll also have a link in the episode note of this podcast as well. If anybody has not told you today, let me be the first. You are amazing. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Onward, upward, and beyond. Thank you for listening to the Amazing Relationships Podcast with Kim Wilson. Want more? Visit kwspeaks.com. That's kwspeaks.com for the latest inspirational blogs.